Welcome to New Hope and the teaching ministry of Pastor Randy Rainwater. Let your speech be gracious. The way we interact with each other has a bearing because we're part of a family. Today is Pentecost Sunday. Turn in your Bible now to Colossians chapter 4. Here's Pastor Randy. Look, look at Colossians chapter 4. This verse haunted me all week long because when you read it and you understand it, you have to live it. There are days, aren't there some days you just wish you could act like a pagan? I mean, honestly, you know, you're checking out the grocery store and whoever's checking you out is not nice. And you just, you just would love to get them told, wouldn't you? If that didn't get you, you're on 285, you know, and, and they cut you off and you'd love to tell them that they're number one, but you can't do that. You just can't do that because you got a New Hope sticker on your car or a fish on your car and you just can't do that. But boy, it would feel good just for the moment. But this is what he says. Look at this. He says, Colossians 4, 5, walk in wisdom towards outsiders. Now watch what he does here in just two verses. And remember, Paul's writing this from prison, making the best use of the time. The Greek word there is kairos. There are moments that are chronos, just normal time. You're, you're eating a donut, you're brushing your teeth, chronos, and then something happens. It's a God moment, a God season. You step into that God season, and God has those for each and every one of you in this room. A kairos moment. Now watch this, here it comes. So because of that, let your speech always be gracious. Not just when you're in a good mood, not just when you feel good, not just when they're being nice to you. Always be gracious, seasoned with salt. Watch this. So you may know how you ought to answer each, what's the next word there? Person. They're no longer outside. They're no longer an outsider, they're a person. They've moved from them to us. They've moved from them to the common humanity that all of us have. In, in just two verses, he does that. I, this verse haunted me all week. I, I, uh, Wednesday, I, was, I, I had to go to the dentist. Um, I don't know if anybody else has done this, but my, my dental appointments during COVID were not what they needed to be. So I went to the dentist. It was not a pleasant experience. Anybody else maybe not been where you need to be with the dentist in the last two years? Yeah, okay, just get it over with, okay? <laughs> Don't put it off, just go do it. It ain't getting better at home, you know this. It's, it's not getting better, I'll just floss more. You know, no, no, it's, it's, it's not gonna be good. So I, I went to the dentist and, and I had to go to a periodontist, which is like a, like, I don't know. I just know it costs more. And, uh, and, and they numbed me up. I, like I had Novocaine for my cleaning and, and, and I, you know, I was there for like an hour and a half and, you know, and that machine, you know, it's, you know, and all that rattling in your head and, and, and I left and I just wasn't quite myself. I, you know, like, like I, I hadn't, you know, I, I, I wasn't, you know, medicated or anything other than Novocaine, but I just wasn't quite myself. And I had to go, I had to go to the post office and mail two things. First of all, I had got a tax bill and I had paid my taxes, but they said I hadn't and I had the canceled check, and I had to send them a certified letter saying that I had paid my taxes. And I hadn't sent a certified letter in years. I, I, didn't, 
I, did, I didn't even know if you could still do it or not. So, so, I, so I went there. And also, I, I had a, a rock that I was sending to this little girl. Her mom was in my youth group years ago uh, in another city. And she's been going through a rough time. She said, I've been having these horrible dreams. And she had had some, some rough things happen in her before she became a part of this family that, from the girl from our youth group. And, and I, uh, so I said, well, what happened? She said, well, I have these horrible dreams and I can't, I wake up and I don't know if I'm, if I'm awake or not. My dreams just kind of keep going. And I said, okay, well, listen, this is what I'm gonna do. I got a rock that I brought back from the Mount of Olives. I'm gonna mail you that rock and you keep that on your nightstand and you reach over and you grab that rock when you wake up and you'll know you're awake. And I would love to say I got it from the, from the scripture. I got it, actually got that from the, movies in, the movie Inception. Um, but, um, but that's where I got that idea. But, um, but, it, but it still works, okay? And, and I, so I wrote her a note and I put a bunch of scriptures and I mailed her this rock. And, and so I get there to the post office and, I'm, and, I'm, and I, walk, I walk in and it's 10 till five and they close at five. And this is not our Grayson post office, by the way. And another part of town. So, so I walk in, this lady's there who's the manager. Clearly she's the manager. She didn't have a name tag that said she's the manager, but she was large and in charge. And, and, and I, I walked in and there was a guy in front of me was doing like express mail and, and taking boxes and putting boxes together and taking the sticky, what, what, I don't know if there's a name for the thing you pull off of the sticky stuff, you know what I'm talking about? And you put the box together, but then there's that thing left. It's like cellophane-y kind of, st- I don't, there should be a name for it, but we should name it, but there's no name for it. So, so I'm, so this guy's pulling all this stuff off these and putting stickers on everything and he leaves it all there and it's falling on the floor. And this woman walks up and she walks between us and she looks at him. And she goes, do I look like your mother? She goes, clean up after yourself. And then she turns to me and she goes, are you going to clean up after yourself? I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> I'm going to. Well, I said, while you're here, can you help me? And she said, what do you need? I said, I need to, I need to send a certified letter. Now, I'd already tried to put this box together, and I had thrown my paper away, by the way, whatever the name of that stuff is. I'd thrown that away, but I had put this box together, and I didn't, it took me a while, because like, it's a government thing, and they don't, the instructions aren't real clear on it, okay? It's all I'm going to say. And, and, it, and I couldn't quite figure out, but I got the box together, because you can't mail a rock in an envelope. So I, I got this whole thing together, and and I wrote the address on the box and everything. I said, I need to certify, I need to send a certified letter. And she goes, okay. She goes, it's right ahead of you. She goes, it's on the counter. I, so there's, I'm looking, I said, well, there's no counter in front of me. She goes, it's at the counter. And I said, okay, well, there's a counter here and there, which, which I don't know which one I go to. She goes, are you listening to me? And I said, yes, ma'am, I've already made that clear. And, and she goes, it's over there. So I went over and I found it. I got it. I filled it out. You know, I, I, I got, got, my, got my letter all ready to go and everything. So I go up to, I go up now. I'm getting ready to pay. And, and there's two people working and, I, and she's my person, okay? So I go up there and, and she goes, you filled out the wrong paper for the priority mailbox. I said, I'm so sorry. It says priority mail. She goes, yes, that's not what it means. I said, okay. Well, she goes, you need to do a mailing label. So I said, okay, I'll be right back. 
So I went over and I got a mailing label and I filled it out and I put it on the box and she rolls the box over. She says, do you see where it says put sticker here? And I said, ma'am, I am not trying to give you a hard time. I'm not. And she goes, it's okay. Just, just, just pay for it. So I put my card in and I pushed the green button because that's what you always do. I didn't read all the disclaimers. Does anybody read the disclaimers? No, you click, I accept all. You've just given your house away, but you just click accept all, you know, all those different, you know, rights and all those things. When my daughter's an attorney, I should read these things, shouldn't I? Yeah. And, but I just clicked green and she looks at me and she goes, so you're telling me that you're mailing flammable or explosive materials in the U.S. mail? I said, no, ma'am. I'm so sorry. I, I, didn't, I didn't read it. She goes, you don't read these things? I said, no, ma'am, no one reads them. I said, ma'am, I'm, I'm really sorry. I said, look, I just went to the dentist. I'm not dumb. I know it appears that way right now, but, but I'm just not myself right now. And she goes, oh, honey, it's okay. That's the great thing about being in the South, isn't it? Now, I got the, oh, honey, the bless your heart, like you fall down, honey, bless your heart, you know, Southern thing. And, and I said, I'm so sorry. And, and I said, I'm, not, I'm really not trying to give you a hard time. I said, I really appreciate, you know, that you're working here and taking care of everything and, and that you're helping me. And I said, if I can put my card back in again, I'll definitely put the, push the red button. And, and she goes, okay, honey, it's fine. She goes, you need anything else, honey? I said, yes, ma'am, I, I, need, I need two rolls of stamps. And she reaches over, and the first one's just like a USA forever, and the second one was a purple heart. And I said, that purple heart means a lot to me. My dad has a purple heart, two of them actually. And she goes, tell me the story. There's a whole line of people there. <laughs> I told it quick, but, um, but I said, I got to tell this story about my dad and being on this boat and 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 950 guys and between 47 and 49 got out. So we say 48 and he lived and, and he gave his life to Jesus on that boat and he followed Jesus his whole life. And he was in law enforcement and, and he loved people well, was just this hero to, to us, shaped so much of my life. My dad as a cop went to the school board in 1962 and said, if the black kids don't go to the new school, my kids don't go to the new school. That was my daddy. That, that, that he went to churches, preached in little churches his whole life. My dad never preached to a room this big, not one time. I got to tell that story at the post office. Let your speech be gracious, church. Because here's the deal. If I'd have lost my top, the person behind me would have gone to Grace New Hope. For sure. It always happens that way. For sure. Let your speech be gracious. The way we interact with each other has a bearing because we're part of a family. This is, this is how we formed up who we are as, as a church, people helping people. I'm just gonna go through our, our vision. That's our, that's our vision statement, people helping people experience life through Jesus every day, that we would, we would be people that are engaged in the lives of people experiencing life through Jesus, every single day, in the good days and the bad. It comes out of these four vision statements. The first one, all people have value because they're made in the image of God, John three sixteen. that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that we are a part of that together. 
John 4, 7 to 8, that's the Samaritan woman story. That Jesus goes to people that the other people see as other, but Jesus doesn't see them. When you're a part of the people of God, you don't see people as other anymore. You see them as us. That in, in John 1, 1 to 5, that everything is made is made through Christ. Genesis 1, 27, that he creates them male and female. Both of them have dignity and value, not just one. Psalm 139, that we're knit together in our mother's womb, wonderfully complex. You, there are no accidents. Listen, you may not have been planned, but you are not an accident. God knew you before your parents did, and he knit you together in your mother's womb. Chairman of our elders is adopted. God, God puts dignity and value in your life, a purpose on your life. We have had that mission statement in our student ministry for 20 years. I'm gonna tell you why we wrote that up because 20 years ago, we were taking kids to Clarkston and they were nice kids. They were from wealthy homes. Parkview kids, Brookwood kids, good kids. And they'd go to Clarkson, they'd interact with the kids there and play with them and, and serve them Kool-Aid and tell Bible stories and they'd get back on the bus. But somewhere in the process, I was listening to the conversation and I realized that they were seeing those kids as other. And in the kingdom of God, there is no such thing. In the kingdom of God, there's us. With, with all the complexities and the challenges of being family, and being family can be tricky. There is no other. It's been a value statement for us for 20 years that God speaks through his word and his spirit. 2 Timothy 3.16, that all scripture is God-breathed. The Greek word there, when it says breathe, it literally, it's like, it's like, a, this, it's like a sail. And it's, it's both being pushed and guided. That all scripture is pushed and guided by God, by his spirit. God-breathed that the word of God is living and active, that, that the Holy Spirit speaks, Acts 2.17, we're gonna talk about that in just a second, that we live as family on mission, that that mission is to make disciples. The, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19-20, that therefore go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And then he says this, and, and, and know this, I am with you always. We sometimes blow over that in the Great Commission, that he is with us in, the, in this great call that he calls us to. That, 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 that we would move together in that. In Acts 2.17, which, which Sheba's gonna read this, this verse from, from Joel at the end of the service, but in it, he's quoting Joel here. Peter is quoting Joel, and this is what Joel says, and that there's gonna be a time that the Holy Spirit is gonna come, and when the Holy Spirit comes, it, it's gonna change things. Your sons and your daughters are gonna prophesy again. Men and women are gonna prophesy. They're gonna speak the word of God. We're gonna enter into a series on, on the minor prophets next week. We're gonna talk about what a prophet is, but, it, but basically the big, the big thing that a prophet is is someone who is speaking the word of God that your, your sons and your daughters are gonna speak the word of God. It says your young men are gonna, have, are gonna have vision and your old men are gonna dream dreams. And you see, that's the opposite of the way it works in real life because old people have vision because they know how to do things. Old people. How many old guys in this room know how to start a car if the, if the starter's not working? You know how to do it, don't you? 
you crawl under there with a screwdriver. You crawl under there and you arc that starter. How many guys know how to do that? All right. Okay, old people know how to do stuff. And women know how to do that kind of stuff. Young people don't know how to do that. They call AAA. We don't need to wait on that. We just get under there with a screwdriver. Save $189 a year. On the other hand, young people would dream dreams. But in the kingdom of God, young people have vision because it's spirit-inspired vision, and old people dream dreams because they're dreaming about the generation that's coming behind them. They're no longer just looking to their little world. It's an incredible story. And Psalm 78, 7 to 8, says that the next generation would know that each generation has a responsibility to the generation that comes behind it. Each and every generation. And that following Jesus is the fullest life. There's more than just existence. Religious rituals. Because Hebrews 12, 1 to 2, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, Hebrews 11 is this great cloud of witnesses. Let us run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us. There's a, there's a journey that he calls us on, looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We, he says, he says we, we throw off all that hinders and the sin that entangles. We're getting rid of the stuff that slows us down in this, in this journey that he calls us to. And we look to Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross and scorning its shame. He says, this is, yeah, you can applaud for that because I didn't do it. That's, that's what Jesus did. Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for good, not for the easy, but for the good. Acts 2, 42 to 47, there's this process that when we follow the way Jesus says to do it, that the Holy Spirit moves us in doing it. We have, we have temple, we have home, we have mission. He calls us into this process. And in John 20, he tells us these are written so that we would believe and in believing we would have life. Psalm 1 tells us there is a way of life and there is a way that leads to death. We follow in the right way. It takes us to a place of life that there is a blessedness that comes from living in that way. Psalm 23 tells us this, that even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil because he is with us. It's not because we're big. It's not because we're strong. It's not because we're powerful because we're with him. And when we are with him, what, what, what power does death have when you're with Jesus? Jesus knows all about that. Now look, I'm looking across this room. This is not the church where we pretend nothing bad ever happens. I've been in some of y'all's homes. I've been there. I've been in some of y'all's homes. I've held hands of the people you love when they've gone to the other side. When they, when they step into that place. But we don't have to be afraid because he's with us in this journey. And this is the message of the prophets we'll get into next week, that your worst possible moment isn't your defining moment, church. It is. That's not what defines you. Your savior defines you. And that's a core value for us as a church. And I love this one. Mark 12, 30 to 31 great commandment that we would love him with our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength, and we would love our neighbor as ourselves. And when we step into that following Jesus, life starts making sense. It becomes the fullest life. 
This isn't a your best life now. This isn't a God is my co-pilot. No, he's not our co-pilot. He's the pilot. He's the one that built the airplane. He's the one that fuels the airplane. He serves the meals. We are on the plane, though, church. We are on the plane with him. And we're going, we're gonna go where he leads. We're gonna go where he goes. It doesn't mean that it's always easy. We're family. We're not all gonna agree on everything. I'm just gonna give you one example. When there was just five of us and we would go on a road trip, it was not easy. Because now I'm a pretty easy traveler and I can, listen, I can, I'm fine with lunch at a shell station. If I got a hostess rack, you know, I'm okay. I'll be all right for the next, you know, three or four hours. But my family's a bit more complicated. Let me just say, first of all, my daughter, Sarah, she does not drink McDonald's coffee. She needs, how do you say, is it bougie? How do you say that? How do you say it? Bougie, bougie, kind of French. Yeah, that's, that's, that's 99 cent coffee that you pay 4.95 for. That's what it is. Sarah needs fancy coffee. There you go. Anita needs a clean bathroom. Okay, we got any clean bathroom people in the house? All right. All ladies. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. I don't know why they don't make two women's and one men's bathroom. I don't know why if I ever built a gas station, I would have two women's bathrooms. I would have an attendant there at all times cleaning it. But it, Anita will come back, get in the car. We're going somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Elizabeth's a vegetarian. Daniel only eats meat. You know, I mean, he doesn't eat anything. A little French fries thrown in, you know, but, you know, just to help it go down. But, but other than that, it's just meat. I mean, we would go, we would literally, some, this is, I'm not making this up, am I, kids? We would go to four places at an exit. Now, I'm thankful, Katie, you are an easy traveler, honey. And Taylor, the three, you and Taylor and I, and Harper, for that matter, we could go anywhere and we would be fine, okay? Give us a Chick-fil-A and we're, we're happy as we can be. But the rest of them, listen, family's complicated. It is. Family of churches, we're not all the same. We, listen, there, we're not all the same here in this place. We, we have people that vote Red, and we have people that vote blue. I didn't even say the words to make you mad. <laughs> this, this week, I, I spent time working with people on both sides of the aisle. I, I probably shouldn't tell this story, but I'm going to. I had a conversation with somebody this week upper levels of U.S. government. And when I was done, they asked, they said, could I come to your church? Why would you ever wonder that? Why would you ever wonder if you could come here? You know, Jesus worked under, as best I can tell, domination, the early church, Caligula and Nero. We do not have a politician anywhere in the range of Caligula and Nero. 
Not Donald Trump, not Nancy Pelosi. Nowhere in the range of those people. You go back and you look at, the, at who they, did you, find, did you find Jesus and Peter and Paul and James tearing the emperor down? No. You think they didn't have an opinion? Of course they did. I don't even know what to do with that. I'm gonna get emails about this today. I'm sure I will. I don't know what to do with that. What do you do with that? How, how did they, they interact with Roman soldiers with incredible graciousness. Do you know what Roman soldiers were? Do you know what, they're, you know what they were like in every single way and yet there was graciousness extended to them? And a whole bunch of them came to believe. A whole bunch of people in, in the palaces came to believe. It's family. We, we don't all agree on everything. We, we, have, we have male elders and women teach here, and I know that there are people all across the board that disagree with both of those things. But we're a family. And you know, in a family, you learn to come to a place where you can work together and you can live together for bigger things. Listen, I know you know, we try to mix it up in terms of worship. I know that there, some of y'all would just love for us to sing hymns, and that's the only thing you'd love for us to sing. Give us a piano and sing hymns, and we would be happy. And other people are like, other people are like, can we get Daniel to play some more Eddie Van Halen on the guitar, you know? Because he can. It's a family. It's a family. And when you have a family, the playlist doesn't make everybody happy all the time but you listen to the music together. Let me show you this and I'm done. Made a, got this little graph here. Dave Rhodes did a lot of this. I kind of changed some things on it with permission. You know, there's people that are more commissioned people. You're the people who are really about the commission God puts on your life to really love people. You see the gospel. You, you, you hear about the church and you're like, man, I, just, I wanna love people well. I want to love people well. And you tend to be kind of in the heart, the way you love God, in the heart and in the strength. You know, heart people, it, it's like, man, I'm going to be a friend. I'm going to, I'm, Jesus is my friend. I'm, I'm going to be a friend of Jesus. I, I'm going to be a friend to sinners. I'm going to, I'm going to work with people. I'm, I'm big on the relationship thing. You guys have to be careful because you can wind up being compromising. You can overlook sin to be a friend. Some of y'all are, are the force people, restorative. You look at the sins of the church, and let me be really candid. You deserve to be able to trust me. You do. You deserve to know that when you drop your kids off, they're safe. You deserve to know that. What's happened in the church is completely inconsistent with the teachings of the church. It's an embarrassment. I will tell you this. I think it's two, maybe three out of every hundred, but two out of three out of every hundred is unacceptable. It does not belong. It is a sin against God, and, and, it, and it soils the bride. It's a horrendous thing, and you see that. You see hunger. You, you, you look at Clarkson. We're going this Wednesday, by the way. We're going back to Clarkson this Wednesday. We'd love for you to go. This. You look at Clarkson. You go, you go, man, the whole church should be down here. We have a clinic down there serving the needs of refugees. 
Denise has got ministry down there teaching women how to sew. There's a big group of women that, that, were, that were here learning how to teach women how to sew this week. It was such a beautiful thing. They were over there. It's, it's such a beautiful thing. There, and you look and you go, man, that's, the church ought to be about that. You, we don't even need to do Sunday morning. Let's just go to Clarkston. You're the restorative people. You're a force. But you got to be careful because you can move from there really quick from Jesus being the Savior to you being the Savior. I've seen that happen. You got to be careful. Some of you guys are more on the covenant side, the loving God worship team. Make your way up. The, the loving God side. And for some, it's about the soul. It's about character, man. You, you are all about, I am going to live a life that, that pursues holiness. I'm, I'm going to be about that. And you got to be careful because you can wind up being isolated from everybody else. And some of us that are, that are kind of more on this covenant loving God side, it, it's about truth. You're the fighter. You're the one who's always out there pushing for the right theology. And whenever anything's off just a little bit theologically, you're the one who writes the letter and you're really concerned about that. And, and that's a good thing because we need that because righteousness in terms of truth, that, that fighter mentality, that's an important thing. We have got to make sure that we see the world through this and not the other way around. And that's, and that's where you are. But you got to be careful because you can get really judgmental when you have that attitude. When it drifts off into the wrong thing. And here's the thing. I look at that chart and I see this. I, I, I think I, try, I tend to kind of lean over in the force side. So I need fighters and fortresses and friends around me. And some of y'all are in that fighter side and you need fortresses and forces and friends around you. You need those people around you because together we are the church. And each and every one of you are a part of it. Which brings me to this. We're getting ready to spend some time I don't know why I closed my Bible. I'm going to read one more verse. Colossians 4, 17. I love this verse. He says, and say to Archippus, we're going to read about him later in the summer. See that you fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. That word ministry means waiting tables. See that you've waited the table. See that you've taken care of the needs of the people. See that you've, you've, you've stepped into the lives of the people around you and taken care of their needs. See, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. And in Acts, when, when the disciples say, listen, we need to not be waiting tables. We need to be teaching the word. So they teach the word. They get scripture complete. And now the apostles are saying, go wait tables. Go care for the needs of people. Go step into the lives of people. Bring the word of God. So here's the response card. I, I, got, I got two responses for you. This is the big ask of the day. We need some of y'all to step in. We got to... There's a lot of y'all are new and I love it. I like you. You're great. You're friendly and loving. And, and I love so many of you guys that are new here to the church. 
We had people move away. We had people leave. And, and we, we, need, we need to step back in. I believe God is gonna do significant revival in this community this fall. I've been feeling that. And, and I think COVID put the brakes on that to some extent, but I think the brakes are coming off and God is gonna do something substantial in this community this fall. And every time I've seen miracle in the past, he uses people to do it, to fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. We need help. We need help with our students. We need help with our kids. We need help in hospitality. We need people out in the parking lot to direct people where to park. The parking lot gets full. People drive up, people every single week. I stand out there sometimes at, when the worship's going on and I watch people drive in and they can't find a place to park and they pull out. Because the enemy's told them, you don't wanna go there anyway. And then they drive around the lot and they don't know where to park. And it's like, see, I told you they don't want you. It's how he works. People make up their mind subconsciously if they're coming back or not before they ever walk in this room. They make, they make their mind up when they're on the portico or walking down the hallway based on the way somebody greeted them at the door. Proven study after study. We need people, we need men and women to disciple our kids. Every church I've been a part of that had a significant revival experience, it happened out of their kids and their students. It doesn't happen in this room. It happens in those rooms down through there. And those kids bring their friends and those, and those kids start bringing, those kids' fr friends bring their parents. Every church I've been a part of that's had revival, that's how it's worked. And we need people that are ready for those kids. God's gonna be bringing kids here this fall. I believe it. I just believe it. At a level we've not ever seen before. We've gotta get ready for it. We're changing rooms. We're, get, we're doing things to get ready for that. We need your help in that. This business is missions. We, we need to be ready to go to Ukraine and help these people. And we need men and women who know how to do business. We're gonna have to do micro loans. We're gonna have to help these people get back into this place. We've got other mission stuff that God's calling us to. We've had a, a, a revival. We've, Alejandro here, we took hundreds of kids to Peru over the years. And we've gotta go back and, and bring some restoration into some of those relationships. Going back to Peru, going to Paraguay, going to Haiti. These, these are all things that are out there. Going go to Cambodia, we, we've got so much. Listen, we need teams of people to be ready to go. We need business people to get ready to go to Ukraine. Step into these people's lives, these men and women's lives who've had everything taken from them. Step back into their lives. Women to help Denise with the sewing ministry, giving these ladies this lady's money. They can stay home. They don't have to get babysitters. Childcare. One other, I just, I wrote this down before I came up and I'm, and I'm done here. We, we've had a lot of widows become widows and widowers in the last two years. And if that's you, if you just write that on your card, or if you'd like to be engaged specifically with those ladies or those men, mostly ladies. They need stuff changed. They need light bulbs changed. Light bulb's a scary thing if you've never done it. Taking off the thing and 
putting it in there, getting the ladder out and all that kind of stuff. Things we take for granted. But when you've counted on somebody else your whole life to do that kind of thing, and then they're not there, you need that person. You need somebody to come alongside. If you're a widow, write that down on that card. We're gonna reconstitute that ministry. And here's the last thing. We're gonna put this slide up during communion. We're gonna put the verse up, but we also are gonna put the slide up for the Grace family. I don't talk about money here much. I, I, I don't know who gives what. Unless you come and hand me a check, I don't know what you give. That's intentional. I, I don't think that's my role as, as the teaching pastor to know that. But we, um, we make gifts to the family of churches, 5% of what we do. And if you wanna give in beyond what you do in terms of tithes and offerings here, and you wanna ser serve the family of churches, there's an opportunity that you can do that. There, there'll be a slide, there's a text to give. We're also gonna send a link out after church today. If you wanna be involved in the family-wide stuff, you wanna do sacrificial kind of thing towards them. So I wanna encourage you though to fill out those cards and be engaged with us, would you guys pray with me? Lord Jesus, you call us as your church to be a people that come and stand together and bring the kingdom of God, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, in Grayson, in Decula, in Snellville, in Lawrenceville, in Loganville, in Bethlehem, and God, you've called us here in this unique place. We, we're all, there's so much, there's so much different here. You, you, we look different from each other. We, we do different jobs. We go to different schools. We're, we're, not, we're not one ethnicity. We're not one high school group. We're all of those things. We, we have different musical interests. And Lord, Here's what is so exciting to me. Heaven looks like that, amen. So we're just getting ready for it. And God, as you call us to be your people this summer, as we journey through the prophets, the minor prophets, I pray that you prepare us for what you're gonna do this fall. And I pray that you would stir in our hearts that we would be a people to come together to serve you because we would be people helping people experience life through Jesus every day. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for making us different. We would be so boring if we were all like me. But I look across this room and we're the farthest thing from boring. I think it's beautiful. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. I'm Myrna Brown.